This podcast is being brought to you by Miles College. Oh, I just remembered. There's absolutely no way we can have a podcast without me bringing up Pastor Ed. Pastor who? Pastor Ed. You don't know who Pastor Ed is. You're talking about Ronnie. <laughs> I call, I I call okay. him Pastor and Pastor It, like yeah. Smurf and Smurf right. It. I thought, I thought he actually said Pastor It. I'm like, no, I don't know who that is, man. You know? <laughs> Okay. Like when you're the visiting pastor mm-hmm. and they're reading your bio, do, do you do that, do that sit up thing? Like, <laughs> I'm like, brother. Do, these do that sit up and look around. You know? Man, I'm like, brother, will you please get through this <laughs> right. so that I can preach? Because <laughs> I've heard it myself a billion times. Oh, my gosh. And you probably know it by heart almost. Well, except for some of that stuff what? down in there now. But. And in, in instead of doing bio style, right, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. First of all, let me introduce to everyone. Um, I have a, I have a problem with this. Okay. You, you, you known this the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, in front of other people, mm-hmm. I never call him anything other than Pastor Cantaloupe. It's amazing to me. Really? That's amazing to me, man. <laughs> but now when we're behind closed doors, he's still John John to me. So I'm kind of at you, a I, I'm feeling weird about do I talk to you how we talk? Let's do this. I but I don't want nobody else. I want everybody to refer to you <laughs> <laughs> as pastor of my church don't take liberties you know so that's yeah. why i'm like that i'm the same way with Randall. i understand mm-hmm. i understand you know you sound like gay porter who would say you know i'm gonna call you pastor i want everybody calling you john john like, you know everybody's not gonna call me <laughs> but I'm, that's you know just, if you, i know i know man, yeah I know. that's, that's just the the my ideology behind it but nevertheless mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um today i have not only my pastor mm-hmm. and Someone who, um, even before being my pastor, mm-hmm. has always been a big brother to me and, and someone I look up to and someone I admire greatly. And we have the Reverend Dr. John L. Cantalo Third. Finally. <laughs> Finally. Oh, praise the Lord. Joining my podcast. You know, he'd be a little busy, but um God works in mysterious ways, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Cantalo. Yes, sir. Tell me a joke. Oh, I have one for you. Um did you hear about the actor who fell through the floorboards? No. You didn't? He was just going through a stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, come on. <laughs> It's not. <laughs> I like I like those cheesy ones. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I have one for you. Okay, tell me. What did Daniel tell his real estate agent? I don't know. What did he tell him? I prefer a house with no den, please. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you ought to see the look on your face. That was, I know. That was good. That was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back to, let, let's start here. Okay. Um, one of the things that, and I think you've heard me say this, mm-hmm. b- but the fellas talk about, you know, mm-hmm. our, our circles, mm-hmm. not just the fellas, but mm-hmm. our female friends we grew up with. Like, some people are always shocked that you became a pastor. <laughs> and, you know, I, my response to that is always, okay, was I expecting it? No. Mm. But was I surprised? Mm. Also, no. Because that's good. going back to something I said earlier, we always looked up to you. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like the whole crew, like we've, you've yeah. always had this system of values well, that were, that. you know, yeah. and 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 then, you know, unlike a lot of people, like I was around you and your mother. That's right. You know what I'm That's saying? Right. And and she was very serious mm-hmm. about your, and, and as were my parents and your father. About us going to church and Absolutely. getting the word, and, all, and so that—that's why I just wasn't, set, you know, really serious. But anyway, tell us your side of the story from from <clears throat> how how did the transition come? Like we grew up, you went. To, did John Carroll have a part in it? And da da da. How did how did you become Pastor Candler? Well, man, I'm glad you asked me that question because you know you said you were surprised. I was just as surprised. You know, I don't remember. I never wanted to be a pastor, mm-hmm. ever, never, mm-hmm. in my life. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, I was there. <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, I make fun of pastors. You know, right? And it wasn't that I was making fun of Pastor Porter, our pastor. It right. Didn't have anything to do with that because, you know, he was a man of dignity. He was a man of grace. Um, he was well spoken, uh, but he wasn't. I guess, for lack of a better word. He wasn't so ecclesiastical mm-hmm. in his conversation mm-hmm. and his tone wasn't so religious that we couldn't relate to him. Well, I mean, yeah. we grew up in his house. That's I mean, right. We didn't even look at That's him. That's right. We looked at him more of a father figure than as our pastor. That's right. You remember the time we were wrestling in there? Uh-huh. And we didn't know he was in there? Were you, were you there at the time? Uh-huh. We were wrestling in there. Man. I mean, we, we, we were throwing down. <laughs> and he walked in. And he made sure that everybody saw him. And then he went to the door, and he opened the door. <laughs> and we all filed they out. Filed out. See yourselves right, out, right. Like little ducklings, you know, we just <laughs> filed out. Um, but let me tell you what happened, though, really. <clears throat> At the time, I had not gone to church. Mm-hmm. At the time, I had not gone to church in I don't know how long. Mm-hmm. And um, We was down in Bama we kicking were, it. Man, we were down there, man. We were partying and having a great time. <laughs> And so this, though, is the first time, this is my first memory of it. I was about to get down on my knees and pray. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I, can't, I can't even pray because I'm, I'm drunk, you know, basically. Mm. And I said, well, what? So, so that was the first thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing was that uh, there was a guy named Charles Stanley, Dr. Charles Stanley, that would come on, I think it was TBN or something like that, the Atlanta mm-hmm. station. And so my mother would look at him, and I would go through there and, you know, keep doing what I was doing. Every now and then, though, I would watch it with her. Well, 
I wasn't going to church at the 11 o'clock hour, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that we'd be out there partying. Right. You know, uh, and so I just didn't get up in time to go. Right. So. Um, or if we did wake up, we were so hungover, you didn't right, want to go to church right, smelling like <laughs> Right, right. Or yeah. I might even go to a brunch or something like that, but, it, you know, it was, it was, it was after church. Yeah, yeah. So um, I turned him on. It was one Sunday night or something like that. It was a Sunday night, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And I started listening to him, man, and it was almost as if he was talking to me. I mean, it, it, I mean he was preaching the Word of God, but... The Holy Spirit filtered that mm-hmm. to speak to my heart. Mm-hmm. That's number one. But, but that's number two. Second thing was that, you remember Bernard Warren? Yeah. Bernard Warren, he came in there, and he had been gone the entire summer. He was talking about this pastor in California was talking about the book of Revelation. And that, again, struck me. Now, we were supposed to go to a party. Now, we didn't leave there, I think, until about 12 midnight. But at any rate, mm-hmm. he was telling me about what the pastor said. And, man, I mean, I bet. I mean, I was so hungry. I was like, well, tell me this, tell me that. And I began to ask questions because, you know, now I already had a, a working knowledge of the word, you know, and that had to do with my mother. You yeah, know, we and, used to go head to head that's in right. the Bible bowl. Absolutely, man, absolutely. <laughs> so, 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 so that right there kicked it off. Those mm-hmm. things like that kicked it off. And I remember one time during the summer, though, I went to church by myself and I was in the center pew and Pastor Porter was preaching and you know, I, I really got into what he was saying. And again, like Charles Stanley, it seemed as if he was mm-hmm. speaking to me. So 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 those were the beginnings, the beginning stirrings of the calling mm-hmm. uh, within me. Yeah. So one day we are riding our bikes mm-hmm. through the church. <laughs> <laughs> See that's another Dri- thing though. Driving, driving that was our playhouse. Right? <laughs> driving uh, this whitehead crazy. I know, man. Ringing doorbells. I know, I know. Getting in the baptismal. Yeah. D- just you know, all kind of things. <laughs> we do. We, we, yeah, we were that wild. was like our living room, though. I mean, it was like our den. Like, it was our house. Right. It was. I'm always amazed at these kids now. And their backs on the wall, and they're bed. I mean, where, where are you from? Do, right. you, do you come here? Right. <laughs> and so we go from that to you know. Next thing you know, we have a. What am I trying to say? I'm a fast forward real fast. Okay. One minute we're, we're we're playing in the church, we're yeah, growing 10, up, going minutes. through um, school, the whole nine yards, and the next thing you know. In May of 1985, mm-hmm. you remember what happened? Mm-mm. 1985. Oh my gosh! Yeah, CBD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that, man? I remember. I remember. Yeah. yeah. Me, you, Kelly, and Shelly. That's right. Founding father. Yeah, CBD. That's right. That's right. That's right. So we go from you know you being a leader in the mm-hmm. in in the you know community and. Mm-hmm. A leader in our high school organizations and leadership at, at school. And then finally you arrive at this juncture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then what? Like, you know, mm-hmm. y- you went from student to mm-hmm. pastor mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. coming home. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like, right. what about that part? Well, let me just say this. You know, when I 
first entered the ministry and the Lord called me and I knew it was the Lord, man. Um, so I told Pastor Porter about it. I think it was around, no, I told Ben Lett initially mm. in November when I came back home for Thanksgiving holidays. Mm-hmm. And then I told Pastor Porter around Christmas holidays. And so from that point on, I think beginning in January or February of 1990, he had me in the pulpit every Sunday. Mm-hmm. So either I was reading scripture, I was going to pray the invocation or pray the offertory prayers. It, mm-hmm. it was one of those three. And uh, so he wanted me to be around him and, and and get a feel for what he was doing. And at the time, there were two older ministers. There was a John King Mm-hmm. And Max and Miller as well, mm-hmm. in the pool. you know. So, so man, it was it was it was good for me. You know, everybody was older uh, than I was, you know, by at least what maybe eighteen, twenty years. Mm-hmm. Here I am, a twenty year old guy. But but uh, so that's how I was introduced to it initially. And um, I think that for me, even down there on the college campus, it was somewhat isolating because I I, I think for number one, I isolated myself. And number two, I think that y'all were kind of like uncomfortable around me because you're like, well, you know, we can't do this around John John. I don't know what it was, man, but but mm-hmm. it was an isolation, man. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was during that time that I feel that the Lord really grabbed a hold of me and was drawing me uh, closer to him. And then in June of 1990, I preached the first sermon, you know, so but I was still learning, yeah. you know, because I didn't become a pastor until 1999. Mm-hmm. Uh in August of 1999, I went down there to uh, Greenwood Missionary Baptist Church in Tuske- uh, Tuskegee. Mm-hmm. So um, that's when I guess you could say I became a pastor because now you remember now, Pi, you know, you were in the church serving as a youth minister along right. with me. You know, we, it was a part time deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, so 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 it was that gradual. Was, man, that summer. Oh, that was a long was, time ago. Uh, yeah. But I'm saying that summer was so crazy because it was like. We went we, you and me and Raphael, and Raphael not? yeah, we went and so yeah, it's Raphael like, Warnock, yeah, yeah, man, we, two summers in a row, I believe. Right, yeah. I mean, we, we kind of, it was all right. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. And here again, that's mm-hmm. why um, your matriculation just hasn't mm-hmm. been so strange to me. Right, right. right. You know? Well, I, I think that man, when I entered, when I entered the ministry and I accepted mm-hmm. the call. And Pastor Porter, it's been such a long time now that that just seemed to be, I guess, in some ways natural. Yeah. I mean, looking back on it, I said, man, you know, the Lord had this plan for me all along. Yeah. He really did, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was kind of an organic uh, type thing. I grew into it. But, man, that calling, man, and, and that first sermon, it was just, it was it was really powerful, man. Yeah. And, like, when... When Sixth Avenue came to get you, oh yeah, how did that feel, man? Like I, we've never talked we have about. Never, yeah, that. well, listen, man, I was down there. I was preaching in Greenwood, and my phone was blowing up. I said, "Now wait a minute, now, man, who is calling me? They know that I'm a pastor. They know I, I don't know. I'm preaching right now. <laughs> right. You know, what's going on?" And so finally, I think it was. Uh, it might have been Kim Booker that I talked to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why. So I was talking to Kim Booker, and she said, "John, would you be interested in coming back to the church?" And I'm, I'm gonna tell you this now. I had been looking uh, for a church in the Nashville area, East St. Louis or St. Louis area, okay, because because of Rhonda's right, family. Rhonda's yeah. Rhonda's dad had died, and I said, well, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna remove, I'm gonna move uh, my wife closer to her family. Yeah. So that was first and foremost in my mind. And so when this came up, I was like, oh wow, this is something else, you uh-huh. know. And uh, I do remember praying about it. 
And uh, it was like the Lord is saying, now I'm going to release you, for lack of a better word, sure. from Greenwood, and you're going to go to Sixth Avenue. So, but you know, how did it make you feel? Well, I'm gonna I be mean, honest. Was it excitement, fear? Not it, it fear, because it's yeah. home. But you know what it, I'm it, saying. It, it, it's home. But you, I just, I just felt. Let me tell you, I mm -hmm. just felt that I was doing what the Lord would have me to do. Yeah. You know, I really did because I had given up. When I say I'd given up on it, it wasn't so much that I gave up on it. But you know, I was when I was at six seven. I was like, oh, Lord, well, what would you have me to do? Mm -hmm. Where would you have me to go? Because I guess after it might have been about ninety seven, I was about ready to try it on my own, you know, mm -hmm. to, to, and, mm -hmm. and so uh, Greenwood came open. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the thing about Greenwood is when I went down there, it was like December of 98. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, I, I'm looking yeah. around here, I'm like, <laughs> December in the country. And I was yeah. like, wow, wow. And so my mother, I missed the deadline twice for Greenwood. Really? Yes, it's supposed to be in February, I should, uh, or the end of January or February 1, that I was supposed to fill out this application. And then, and I think it was at the end of December, something like that. Yeah. I'm like, man, you know, I'm just, so my mom, I came home and she said, I mean, I didn't go home. I'm, I was, uh, I went to the house. She said, listen, I, I got a strong feeling uh, that you need to fill this out. Wow. And so she, she, she cooked me dinner, man. We cleared off the kitchen table. And so I filled it out. And then my dad got some videos at the time, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> VHS. One of his many. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so we sent it down there. And I didn't really think anything of it. Yeah. Uh, so, so, but anyway, that's just that snippet. So now fast forward to how I felt about Sixth Avenue. By this point, man, I was like, well, you know, if this is what the Lord would have me to do, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, and uh, it worked out fine. It worked out real smoothly. Hello, this is Jefferson County Sheriff Mark Petway, inviting you to join the conversation that we've started around bridging the gap to build communities that are safe and well-connected. Let's all work together to ensure that Jefferson County is a safe place for all who call it home. I have, um, like, a little format that I okay. usually follow. Okay. And I've been bombing it because I'm sitting here talking with you. <laughs> right, right, right. Just, you know, you're not a social media person. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, how can people find you? Well, uh, number one, they can find me at the church. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm but at Sixth Avenue Baptist Church, but I know what you're saying, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm really not. And, and, uh, I don't know. Maybe I've become a little bit more as an I've become more of an introvert. Mm -hmm. The older I've gotten, now I'm not quite sure what that's about because you know, uh, at one time we all would hang out, man, mm -hmm. and we had a great time. So, uh, but but you can reach the church at two zero five two five one five one seven three, or you can reach me uh, through uh, my uh, assistant, administrative assistant two zero five three two one 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 three six. And the church's website. And the church's website as well, you know, and uh, and uh, so it's Sixth Avenue Baptist Church uh, dot com. Well, Sixth Ave A V E Baptist Church, you know, dot com. So, so that's the way I can be reached, you know, and uh, you know through telephone, the old traditional. Way. I don't know, maybe. I don't know. Maybe the church should have a podcast, and you know they can find you there. But that, that, I'm a leader alone. That's very good. Very good. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> um. What we we have a little thing okay this uh, this season and it is you know the podcast is about Birmingham mm -hmm. Birmingham folks right mm -hmm. 
What makes you so Birmingham? Well, I'm going to tell you what makes me so Birmingham. Number one, I grew up here. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in, I don't know if Titusville is a historically black neighborhood. You know, I don't know why I like to, you know. It is. But I, I know it's that. It's the but second. It's the second it's, what? Um, local black community to Smithfield, right? Or am I wrong? Something like that. Well, I, I know that Bur- I, I know that Titusville has always been a black community, yeah, from my yeah. understanding. But yeah. at any rate, so I grew up uh, in Titusville. Um, I knew a lot of my family was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of my friends were there. And uh, so I think that that's the most Birmingham thing about me because basically I have taken on, you know, unintentionally. Mm-hmm. I have taken on the customs, the way that we talk, perhaps even the way that we view certain things, I've mm-hmm. taken that on. Now, there are probably some things that make all of us different from one another and that kind of thing. And so uh, I think that me uh, being a part of uh, Rhonda's family, you know, going up to the Midwest, mm-hmm. that that makes a difference in just uh, traveling all over the place. But I do think that there are just certain things about me that you're going to say. I mean, if you know Birmingham, you're like, oh, that's, <laughs> this brother's from Birmingham. <laughs> that's right. I think so. I mean, I, I don't even know how to explain it. I just yeah. think that it's just the way it is. And, you know, like I said, my family, uh, extended family, my friends, uh, I'm Birmingham through and through. Yeah. I love it. I'm mm-hmm. just going to co-sign that one. I, I, can't, I, I can't say it no better. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. What's your favorite charity right now? My favorite charity? Yeah. I think it's the one that comes on television. Um, it's about the uh, um, it's the ch- it's about the children. Saint Jude. Saint Jude. Man, yeah. I really love that charity. I really, really love that charity because you know it seems as if you know you're really having an impact on the kids themselves. And I know that the facilities and all that kind of thing. You know, that's right. very nice. But you know, uh, you know, you're able to help a child who doesn't have to pay. Yeah. For what they're going through. I, I, I think that's good, yeah. And they take care of the parents and their... Right. You know, yeah, Absolutely. That's right. Beautiful. That's right, yeah. Well, if you don't answer one of these, this or that questions, <laughs> you're going to make a donation to St. Jude. Oh, but yeah. But they're easy. They're oh, yeah. Easy. That's very easy. All right. We're going to start with the big one. Okay. Alabama or Auburn? Alabama. <laughs> Roll Tide. You know that's not big. But it's, <laughs> it's easy, brother. Yeah. Michael Jackson or Biggie? Michael Jackson. Oh, I said that wrong. Michael Jackson or Prince? Mm. Now, let oh, me, wasn't as now, easy. Okay, uh, you're right. Now. <laughs> Michael so let me Jackson just say, let me just Prince. Say, yeah. Mike earlier on. Okay. Right, I'm saying like in the 80s, but... But see, Prince, the mid '80s, uh-huh. oh, he dominated. Yeah, you see, so so it just depends upon what era we're talking about. And then Prince went down. I don't know what Prince started making. And then Michael Jackson came back in the '90s, you know, <laughs> with Dangerous or something like that. And then they both kind of fell off, you know. All right. So, but I loved Prince early stuff, man. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, Biggie or Tupac? Tupac. Why Tupac? Man, I'm just talking about this is me, a lyric. No, 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 a lyricist. That's right. I like, yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. That's but now, right. if you ask me LL Cool J, he's still I was going to say, <laughs> that's your man right it, there. It, uh, or, or Rakim. <laughs> yeah, sure. I remember yeah, Rakim. that. Rakim, oh, Loved man. you some Rakim. Mm-hmm. Um, Birmingham Barons or Birmingham Squadron? Birmingham Barons. Okay. Yeah. 
Birmingham Legion or Birmingham Stallions? Stallions. Civil Rights Institute or Negro League Museum? Mm. I like them both. I guess I would say the Civil Rights Institute. But okay. Yeah, I've been there more, but yeah. Sloss Furnace or Vulcan Park? Vulcan Park. <laughs> <laughs> Birmingham Zoo or McWayne Science Center? Birmingham Zoo. Crossplex or Legion Field? Legion Field because of the sentimental value that we have towards it, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Crossplex, it's a better facility, but yeah, I like yeah, Legion Field, yeah. Protective Stadium or Legacy Arena? I haven't been to Protective Stadium. Hmm. So I'm have to say Legacy Arena, just cool. simply, yeah. Botanical Gardens or Railroad Park? Railroad Park. Regions Park or Rickwood Field? Regions Park. Regions, yeah. Okay. Um, I couldn't think of the last one. Mm -hmm. So... We know who you are. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew who you were when you came uh, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but let's let's talk about what what we're doing right now, okay. right? Cool, cool. Um, what's your what's your approach to pastoring in this postmodern church, and with so many of some of our peers, but definitely their children, not wanting to go to church and mm -hmm. not believing what. How how do you plan to address that right, you know, in, in our church and how are how is should the church be addressing it in general? Yes, man. Let me just say this. Uh I'm still learning yeah. that because I don't know if I have a definitive answer right now. Mm. You know, when we were kids growing up, and and the fact of the matter is I think our generation somewhat introduced this, but we knew children, kids our age who didn't go to church. Mm -hmm. we, we know that, right? Mm -hmm. So it started back then. Mm -hmm. But for our, well, you know, a lot of people in our group didn't, but for our um, for our inner circle, mm -hmm. we were always a part of the church. And so it was never... But even our external, the ones that didn't go, they come to the programs because well, we would. had so much going on. Well, and, now that's true. That's true. Yeah. We would. So, But it was just a different day in true. time, man. True. You know, um, I didn't really have the option of not going to church. <laughs> but at the same time, it wasn't as if it was like, it wasn't like you got it to pull up my team. It wasn't yeah. labor, man, because we, we enjoyed yeah. each other when we went to church. And I found this out, man. Growing up in the church, and, and, and those who were really associated with the church, you really never had any major problems or fallouts with people that you, you understand what I'm saying? That's right. So to me, um, and then plus, you know, part of that was it was a neighborhood thing. Yeah. We didn't have as many activities to pull us away. Right. You know, from the church during that time. Carl McClure and I were talking last night yeah. about the fact that, you know, usually Churches were community things. They and, were. Yeah. They were. Yeah. They were. So when I left, man, it was that's how it was to me. Yeah. When I came back, it was totally different. Yeah. Number one, the church had 
Uh, it wasn't like a split down the middle, but nevertheless, mm-hmm. there was a split there. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of distrust. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I could feel that, man. I mean, it was just, I, I could feel that up there in the pulpit. I'm like, where am I? Is this Sixth Avenue Baptist Church? You know, that wow. kind of thing. So, um, and, and that was difficult for me mm-hmm. uh, to try to work through. I said, well, you know, you know. but at any rate, um, I think that we, as a church, we're going to have to be more uh, proactive now. That can take a lot of roles. I mean, like, for example, this podcast, you said maybe we should be on a podcast. The question would be then, how would we reach people, all right, there are some people who who don't really know about having a relationship with the Lord or even just being in that kind of environment. Right. You got folk who, who, listen, you know, we know, well, I know, we all know, I think, that God is the source of everything that's good and perfect. But you got folk who don't believe that, they don't understand that, they don't recognize that the void in their life is because there there is no God there. Um, and I'm talking about the Father of our Lord and Jesus Christ. I'm not just yeah. talking about any God. You know, so so, um, so it's, it's really, it's really a, 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 a great work. For example, uh, barbershops, <coughs> um, beauty salons, mm-hmm. I think those are the places that we need to go yeah. and perhaps have a voice if the owner is someone who would want you to mm-hmm. be there. You know? mm-hmm. so, so there are a lot of things that, that we have to navigate, um, but I do believe that you know, at some point, and I'm not, don't ask me how, but I, mm-hmm. I do believe that they're gonna, there's going to be a great awakening or a great revival where people are drawn to the church now. Uh, and so I think that in some ways we have to be ready for it, and in some ways, you know, we got to go out there and get it, you know. That's interesting and mm-hmm. a, in a great segue mm-hmm. um, to my last mm-hmm. little question okay. for you, and okay. that is, you know, in preparing ourselves for that, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. our church is is growing, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. to be able to appeal right. to, you know, a, a, a new community and, and the need the needs of That's a new right. community. And so with that being said, what is your vision for the building expansion and how is it going to specifically address the needs of Titusville and mm-hmm. Birmingham in general. Well, let me just talk about this first phase. Okay, the first phase of the building expansion is we have divided, you know, that hallway going down to the uh, chapel. Mm-hmm. Was a big, well, we've divided that into classrooms, but they're nice-sized classrooms, mm-hmm. right? So that will be the teaching aspect of it. Now, getting people there, that's another thing, but that's the teaching aspect of it. All right, so then... Going down the back hallway where you have going to the sanctuary, mm-hmm. we have a huge space. That, you know, you're going to be able to have classrooms there because a lot of our classrooms, they needed larger spaces anyway. Sure. So we're going to have a, a two large spaces that have a motorized uh, divider that, that can open up and you have a large space like we used to have with the um, the assembly room. The it's, assembly going be, it's going to be larger than mm-hmm. that, right? All right, so then behind that, you're going to have the um, the nursery. Our prayer and and our vision is to have a first class pre K in that area. Now, when I say a first, oh, wow. I mean maybe two or three classes, yeah. you know, there. And, and so that's one of the ways. And when I say a first class pre K, I'm talking about we want to teach 
these kids to be able to read and be prepared. And that's right. Mm-hmm. And do a little math, mm-hmm. you know, before uh, they even go to school. That's right. All right. So so now that that so then then where the fellowship hall is, mm-hmm. that's going to be a children and youth area. Now you can divide it up, but hopefully, and it's still you know we'll we'll entertain. Uh, guests who want to come mm-hmm. and be there. It's not going to really affect that. But but we re- we really want to focus on the children and the youth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that's 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 primarily uh, what we're doing. Now, we did have uh, uh, another vision for an activity center. Mm-hmm. Right now, that's just on hold, mm-hmm. you know, based upon where we are, you know, as a church and, and the giving and that kind of thing. But, but that is what we want to do. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. And... In addition to staff, sure, mm-hmm. and and you know, I think you answered the question. The, mm-hmm. These are needs of the community, particularly the educational piece, right? Right. Like right. I, right. what they just had a town hall, um, Letitia and the Birmingham City Schools mm-hmm. and the mayor and That's the right. superintendent about two days getting ago, right. kids ready to read. That's right. Because they're going into preschool not knowing their letters and not knowing their numbers. So I'm that makes me proud. That yeah. makes me proud. Yeah. See, we were taught the ABCs. We 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 knew our letters before we yeah. went to school. Right. Yeah. But now think about this though, man. You have parents, man. Mm-hmm. Parents who are not teaching their children any of these things because they were kids too they don't see they dropped out of school they don't see the importance of education and i'm and, no, no, you no. know here again i'm not saying everybody no we're not talking but, about everybody yeah, but, but we're talking about a significant group of sure. people and it's just it's just heartbreaking man it is. it's just sad to see these young children now and i'm gonna tell you this they are hungry for it man but, you know, first of all, you got to get them under control with their attitude and their behavior before right. you can even teach certain things. That's right. They've got to respect you. And you just think about like a little child having to respect you. I got to earn. It just, it's crazy, man. <laughs> I you know got to I mean? earn my respect to a child. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so, but nevertheless, you know, that's what we're facing yeah. right now. And, uh, and so, you know, we're going to have to reach out to schools and all that kind of thing. And, but uh, I, I firmly believe that we'll always have a remnant of God's people or people that he wants to bring in. We'll always have a remnant that we can draw from. I know it's hard Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to think Mm -hmm. otherwise, Mm -hmm. pastor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. if you had not pursued the ministry, Mm -hmm. what's the path untraveled? What, What would you have done? All right, there are a number of things. I probably would have been a truck driver. Okay. Got my CDL, made sure I made some money. Now, at this point, let's say if I was 21 that or something. went through me. Yeah, it went through you, didn't right? Yeah. But see, I, at this point, I ought to be doing pretty good because I'm not, I've never been a flashy spender. Sure, right? sure. So I should be doing pretty good, okay? that That's one. Or a school teacher. That's new, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have been, been an educator. I, I tried to. See, I think that's a part of what I'm doing right now. See, it my is. parents were educators. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'll never do what they did, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, but but that's a part of it. So yeah. it would have been something, you know, like that. Something like that, you know. So I'm thinking the truck driver, uh, because I do like to drive, right? <laughs> Always have. That's right, man. So <laughs> it would have been a truck driver, and then perhaps I would have moved, uh, or, or, or an educator, or... Yeah, uh, or maybe even a lawyer or something like that, but yeah.
I'm not going to lie. I was mad at you because you was too busy to come on my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But my friend, I love you, and I thank you for coming. Amen, amen. And I appreciate the invitation. And I'm going to tell you this, too. I knew you were mad at me, but I couldn't do anything about it. (laughs) I couldn't do anything about it. But I I appreciate, though, man, that you gave me another opportunity. Oh, man. I really wasn't. I was being facetious, so I'm glad I said that so I can clear that that little air out. I thought you were mad. I was like, you know, I thought he's like, this Negro thing. No, 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 no. Not at all. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Very good. I want to thank you all for listening. And as always, a huge shout out to Creed 63, Our 360 News, and UrbanHam.com. And our church family at 6th Avenue Baptist Church. God bless. This podcast is being brought to you by Leftover Energy, LLC. I am service. I am uplift.